My name is Anthony Capazzoli, and this is the Dismantled Life Podcast, where we share stories of hope, love, and strength from the darkness of addiction into the sunlight of sobriety. These are stories from people just like us who have lived through the pain and made it. No matter how bad it gets, just know that you can and will recover. It takes work. It takes hard work. Each week, we talk in detail about what it takes to make it, what it takes to beat your addictions. I am a recovering addict from alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. My addiction started in eighth grade. I am now 50. I had over 40 years of very bad habits to break. I hit rock bottom hard. More than once, I nearly died. I would have left my wife and two young children behind. I've been clean and sober for nearly three years. I completely dismantled my entire life and rebuilt it from the ground up. I believe to make it in recovery, it takes a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. It takes a positive mindset. It takes hard work. It takes a village. Join me weekly to learn from my sober superhero guests on the Dismantle Life podcast. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Check me out at dismantle.life. Email me at anthony at dismantle.life anytime. Please be sure to leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And let me know if you want to be on the show. Happy recovery. I follow you on Instagram and I love your stuff. I think you've got a great story to tell and I'm super impressed, man. I watch, in fact, um, I just enjoyed where you had a before a drunk and coked up picture, as you say, state and then healthy and vegan diet. And I was truly impressed with that because I uh, went through that same kind of experience myself. So it was pretty impressive. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So what we'll do is, if you don't mind, we can just dive right in, man, and, and love to hear your story and understand a little bit about what life was like, the pre-addiction, as I call it, and talk a little bit about what life was like before the addiction, and then talk about what life was like while addicted, and then what kind of spurred you out of it, and then what life is like now. And not, uh, I don't glamorize the ugly parts, so to speak, and as a frame of reference, I only talk about like topically because I don't like this isn't a gladiator school, but I just want people to understand like a frame of maybe where, where, where things like how dark it got. We don't have to get into the specifics, but drank, did Coke, things like that. Um, if that's okay with you. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, chef Leon, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This is, this is great. And I I've been following you on Instagram and that's how we got connected and I think your story is great, dude. Um, I'm impressed because I, I, for one, went through a pretty large transition like that myself. Um, I didn't lose as much weight as you did, but I did lose 35 pounds, which is significant, really, at the end of the day. I mean, even 10 pounds, depending on where you start, um, could be a yeah, big deal. True. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. And I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, maybe what you're doing um, before we dive into your story because I think you've got this, your, your, your meal packaging from a healthy perspective. So maybe we should start with that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, right now, you know, I've been uh, making meal preps for the last three years. I do, I give people the meal preps, what helped me lose hundred pounds in five months with exercise. And uh, I, it's 20 meals. And right now it's 20 meals for $50, all whole food, plant-based, Wow. Uh, you know, hundred percent vegan, oil-free, all gluten-free. That is a meat 20 meals for 50 bucks. Yeah. 20 meals for 50 bucks. It used to be 20 meals for 125. Then I dropped it down to 80. And then I said, you know what, you know, they're in COVID and all this. I just want everyone to be able to afford it. So I just dropped it to 50. That's a super impressive. And you know, I, for one, um, 
you know, I cleaned up my diet. I, I, I worked in the industry as well. I, I ran clubs and bars and restaurants and stuff. I was always front of the house and I, you know, drank a shit ton like most of us do or did in, in the industry. And along with that came yeah. cocaine and very, very late nights. So I ate like shit and I gained a ton of weight. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can appreciate, you know, once you start getting clean, when I got sober, I, part of it was, you know, like you mentioned, exercising and getting healthy, eating well, and, uh, you know, just changing my lifestyle, getting sober, giving up drugs, cigarettes, and uh, alcohol. And it's made all the difference. I've been clean for about three years. Uh, and it makes a huge difference. And for you, a hundred pounds in five months, the images are substantial. Like it, it's hard to describe verbally. So I'm going to put pictures uh, side by side, if you don't mind, in the episode notes on my site, because it's truly remarkable. I mean, it's impressive beyond words. Thank you. And yeah, you can, of course, congratulations on that three years. Thank you. Thank you very much. And how long, um, so how long have you been sober? And, and let's maybe talk about maybe what, what kicked everything off to help you kind of clean things up and lose the weight and, and stop drinking and partying and all that other good stuff. Well, I've, I'm almost been sober now for six years, 313-2015 is the first day I got sober. Wow. And uh, what started off was uh, my last like seven day binger. You know, one day I just, I kind of just snapped out of it. I was, I just had this vision like, oh man, I'm going to be an alcoholic or, you know, I'm going to be on the streets homeless. Yeah. And I had a vision that my daughter was going to step over me and like just with her friends. And she said, oh, look at it goes my dad, but he's just, you know, he's a drunk. She didn't even pay me no mind. You know, she just stepped right over me. Kind of a strong vision. And then at that point, I was like, man, I got to change my life for myself, you know, because, you know, to me, a lot of people try to change it for other people. Like, I'm going to do it for my kid and I'm going to do it for this. And I tried that. I tried to lose weight like that. It never worked. But when I tried it for myself and I kind of and I use my you know daughter as like fuel, it worked. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that it has to be for you first and then the be everyone else can benefit just like you described. I, I was similar. I, I did it for myself and I use my, my wife and kids as motivation. I was in the hospital for about 11 days, almost died. And that was what kicked things off for me. So was there a dramatic event? I mean, I, I know the vision and did you just at that moment put everything down and, and that was it? Or how did, what was the progression like there? Well, it led up to a, but you know, I didn't have a whole bunch of dramatic events. I had a whole bunch during, you know, my whole time being a drunk, you know, going to jail, DUI, wrecking a car, uh, losing my family. You know, the mother of my child didn't talk to me for two years. Not, she didn't say hi. She didn't say bye. Merry Christmas. She didn't say one word to me. You know, I had a whole bunch of little events. And that last one, it was just, it kind of, you know, just took me over the top because they were ready to take my daughter away from me. I still got to see her. She never really took her away, but my I lived with my dad on his floor, but my dad was always a good grandpa, so he took care of her. I see. No, I you know I when get I it. when I was drunk, he would just grab her. So did you um being in the industry and back of the house as a chef, did I would assume that you know early mornings, late nights, long hours, lots of drinking, lots of drugs, uh just like me. I mean except yeah. that I was in front of the house. So I I used to fill the party. Um the guys in the back of the house used it because they worked so many damn hours. <laughs> Um, we used it just, you know, to party. I worked in the back of the house and I worked graveyard at one job. And it's like, right as soon as we came in, we had an able cocaine lined up on a plate, just, and, uh, you know, a bunch of alcohol. And if we ran out of alcohol, we were drinking the cooking wine and it was horrible. You know, it was, cra <laughs> it was crazy. I still remember those days. And I worked at a coffee shop and I opened up at six in the morning. 
Yeah. But I would be on one at five in the morning. You know, I haven't slept. I'm doing cocaine in the bathroom. My no my blood my nose is bloody. Just I look back on it, it's so embarrassing. I thought like no one knew, but Pete, everyone knows. Oh, of course. Yeah, there's no hiding it at that level. I mean, I you know, once if I when I was drunk and coked up, I thought I'm fooling everybody. The only person I was fooling was me. I mean, everyone knew that there was <laughs> issues, right? You get all the, the cocaine twitches and all that bullshit that comes along with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can't hide it. I mean, it, no matter how hard you try. And the thing is, the longer you use and abuse, the worse the tells become because your body just like physically, emotionally spiritually starts to fight it off like it, it's trying to expel the poison and you can't so it's it's an interesting ride but that's great man so you gave it up what was the process of giving it up i was it um for me it i, I still have to work at it right i mean i i don't have to, i don't have the urges like i used to but they still hit me some days i have to white knuckle it and i'm a little grumpy and cranky because i've got the urge to drink part of your smoke and i fight it off did, did you what was your process to get clean and sober? Like, was it uh, a lot of exercise? I know it was eating well. So maybe, you know what it was. Okay. So uh, after my binger, I was drinking a ta- I only drink taka. Well, I drink all, you know, all alcohol, but my choice was taka and Tamarock because it's the cheapest. So I can have more money for Coke. And uh, I just went cold Turkey after like, you know, five, I think about five months straight drinking. And it was a bad decision because I had, you know, the DTs, alcoholic delusions, and I couldn't sleep for like three weeks. I thought a bunch of stuff happened that didn't happen. But at the same time, I joined the gym. So while I was fighting it, I was like, I got to go to the gym. I know if I can get over this, I'll never, or I won't say I never, but I know I'm not going to go back to that bottle because I don't want to go through this again. Yeah. So you fought off the DTs, you, you, de- you, f- you physically detoxed yourself and just went and worked out while you were spinning out from a detox. That's amazing. It was the hardest thing in my life. And I, you know, it was so crazy because the delusions, you know, like I said, it's not, it's dangerous, very oh, dangerous. Yeah. So you could die. Because yeah. I was shaking, I was throwing up. I couldn't breathe, you know, or not. I mean, I couldn't even sleep. I was in the shower, you know, every freaking 30 minutes because I was so hot. I felt like my brain was on fire. But then I would I would just go to the gym and walk and say, I got to, you know, try to get my mind off of this. I'd go home and lay down and then I would maybe, you know, rest my eyes for 15 minutes and ask my dad. I thought I robbed the bank at one point. And he was like, you've been on the ground. He was like, you're having delusions. Get, you know, leave me the hell alone. And I said, no, I robbed the bank. Take me, take me. He goes, no, you haven't. You know, because my brain was so fired. And I I actually called, I called like the ER, a 911 ER. I looked on Google and the lady told me what I was going through because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so to to have that level of uh, like delusions for that long, your your alcohol level was pretty intense, obviously. Um, And I'm not judging. I'm just saying like you to kind of, to get detoxed and to get sober, it's a, it's a rough ride. I mean, I just, and I'm going to just inject here. Uh, neither me nor chef recommends that you try to detox on your own. It, it could be very dangerous. People can die and you could fever out. A lot of things can happen. And, and people do things just like you said, because you're having delusions, you, you may do things that you think are fine, but they're not like, you, you, like you said, you thought you robbed a bank. I mean, people, bad things can go down. So my, my advice and, and everyone listening is to, get the proper care during the detox, go to the doctor and and be medically supervised because shit can go bad. I mean, you do need to have medical attention normally. So chef is an outlier that he came out. Okay. And came out squeaky clean. It seems like you didn't have any real 
physical issues after that, which is super impressive. I mean, cause that's not normal. You know, uh, I was surprised too, because, uh, you know, at the same time I started, that's when I started eating clean. So I didn't eat one bad thing for, uh, seven months. So when I got, when I started detoxing, I said, I'm about to eat the cleanest I've ever ate. Cause I kind of felt like I had all this poison in me and I wanted to release it. And after three weeks and like, you know, about a month hit, I started seeing my weight come off and it was just, I got addicted to working out. I replaced drinking and doing Coke with working out right away. Cause I was at the gym, you know, two to three, four times a day. I had nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other side. People that are listening also realize you have all this extra time because you're not drunk or doing blow or chasing a drunk or chasing a drug dealer down. And, and then once yeah. you start drinking and doing Coke, all you can do is continue that. So when you're not doing it, you do have time to fill your day with other stuff and, and going four times. So I was, it's, it's funny. Our stories are a little bit similar. Like I worked out and still do three times. A day. I box eight rounds at title boxing in the morning. I walk about a mile and a half, to two miles every day. Oh, nice. And then I go in the summer, I live up in Chicago, so it's cold, but uh, I'll play basketball or go on a five mile bike ride. I'll throw in a third workout somewhere, maybe just take another two mile walk. And that somatic process for me was so incredible. And it still is very, very important. I was extremely overweight. I ate like shit and it caused me to get a terrible infection or it forced me to have the inability to fight off an infection that got tremendously bad. I was in the hospital. The doctors pretty much said, you're not going to make it. And I did make it. Uh, and I feel bad. I, my, most of my listeners have, they know this story, but I'm just filling in the gaps for you that it was, we have a similar story in that regard. Uh, and I was tragically overweight. Like, and, and by that, I mean, I couldn't walk and unfit. I couldn't walk five minutes without heaving for breath, out of breath, out of just a completely terrible condition. And now um, I'm in the best shape of my life and I'm going to be 50 in about three weeks. So people can do it. I mean, and that's the, that's the thing here. I mean, you have turned things around. You gave up drinking cocaine, got your family back, started an incredible business where you're feeding people and helping them become and stay healthy, which it, 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 with a heart, by the way, to drop the price down to $50 for 20 meals is, I mean, to say fucking awesome. I mean, that's good for you, man. That's super cool. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, good thing you uh, got out of that too with that infection. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could have, uh, they didn't think I was going to make it. In fact, they said on the third day of 11 days in the hospital that you are not going to make it. Um, it's pretty crazy. I mean, that's not a good conversation to have. I got a no. wife and two kids and it was, uh, it was, like, it was crazy. It's like, you I, better get your act, <laughs> act yeah, together. Definitely. I mean, that's, that's what snaps you right in. Um, I'm curious, what, what is your diet like? Um, cause I know working in the industry, right. You eat and pick and it's lots of fried foods and whatever's handy and quick food and grazing all day in restaurants. You know, let's be honest. I mean, um, depending on which kind of restaurant, I mean, it's not it, not the greatest food for a healthy lifestyle long term. It's okay to eat out and be in restaurants, and it's wonderful. But to eat every single meal can, you know, I wouldn't recommend eating McDonald's for every meal. It's just crazy. But um, and I love McDonald's. That's not to say I don't. I eat quarter pounder with cheese at least once a week, probably. But for you now, what what is your diet like and before you answer can you maybe describe where your heaviest weight was and where you weigh now if i can be so bold as to ask that question yeah well my heaviest i stopped i got to 340 and i didn't weigh myself again after that because i was like damn i'm about to be you know i'm gonna be 400 pounds soon 
So I got the 340 and then the lowest I got was 165. And right now I'm at 185 and I fluctuate from 180 to 200 because when my diet, when I work a lot, my diet gets off. Sure. And then, you know, because I still, I have a sweet tooth. So I'll eat a lot of vegan junk food and that, and you know, the weight sticks to me. I like bread too. So when I eat like that, it sticks to me. But when I'm working out and like, you know, really in a zone, I drop down to like 180, 181 and I stay, you know, I maintain it at that weight. That's impressive. That that's my so I get up to about 205, 210 on my on my heaviest and I my my lightest I got to about 171, but I'm a, I'm at a comfortable 175 to 180 and it really depends in the winter. It's a little bit harder because uh it just it just being in Chicago, right? The weight sticks on a little bit more. I'm not a vegan or anything, but uh I'm happy to say that I'm probably a comfortable 1 175 to 180 and I'm happy here. It's easier to maintain and um, and it gives me purpose too, I think, to stay focused on it because I was having to buy jeans uh, quite often because I couldn't fit my jeans anymore because I was fat. <laughs> it just yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so my jeans that fit, it feels good. Yeah, definitely. Right? I, I was at a 44 and I was like, oh my God. And I, you know, and it was tight when I was wearing a 44. I got to tell you something funny about Chicago. So I'm from Sacramento mm-hmm. and when we went, it's 60 degrees. Like right now it's 50. It gets to the coldest gets to like maybe 32. We think it's cold, but I played basketball with a couple of people from Chicago and Wisconsin and they walk out in shorts over here. <laughs> and they're sure. like, this is, they're like, this is nothing. You guys are, you know, in California, you guys are spoiled. Definitely spoiled. Oh, no question. I mean, uh, I have some, co- I have a cousin that lives out in LA and you know, a, a chill day in LA is nothing compared to a cold day in Chicago. I mean, it's not even the same sport, although up North in Sacramento, uh, it could be a little bit chillier. I mean, it's even, it's weird that it's colder in the summer, it seems like there than it is in the winter. I don't know why that is, but. Um, oh man, we, we had a hot fall this year too. All the way into November, you know, it was a hundred until like around Thanksgiving. Really? <laughs> yeah. We don't have a, our winter comes really late, but the fall just stays hot, stays in the hundreds. That's amazing, dude. I love it out there. Northern California. I mean, I love California as a whole, but if I had to pick a place to live, I'm definitely a Northern California guy for sure. Uh, over Southern California. And that's not to say I don't love Southern California, but I just think day-to-day living, it's a better fit for me. I just love the lifestyle, the people up up uh, in Northern California. And I love, you know, SoCal as well. But um, for me, if I had to move, but I could never afford to move. You can't move into California if you haven't grown up there. It's very expensive to find and buy a house. I don't know how people do it. My God, it's crazy. Yeah, well, there, yeah, it's crazy out here. They raise the rent over here all the time. There's people from the Bay Area, that's why. You know, <laughs> they got priced out over there, and then they come here, and they're like, it's cheaper. And yeah. now they're just raising everything over here. Oh, jeez, that's insane, man. So what So what does – uh maybe tell us a little bit about what is included in your in your your prepared meals. I'm, I'm always curious about that as well. I think that um, – what a cool thing, and like – what a wonderful service too, because a lot of people struggle with, and this kind of lines in with sobriety too, how to get sober, how to stay sober, how to lose weight, how to eat well. So I think it's wonderful what you're providing is the ability to, you're giving them what they need to, to be healthy from the, the kind of food that they're eating, which is, which is amazing. So if you could share a little bit about what that might look like, that would be great. Yeah. So, you know, uh, with my special, it's four meals a day for five days. And breakfast is always usually overnight oats because I give them, you know, food that I ate when I was working out and losing weight. And then lunch and dinner, 
it's always something different. You know, like this week I have sweet potato, vegan chorizo, broccoli. Another dish will be a jackfruit pozoles, jackfruit, you know, the pozole, uh, the verde sauce, cabbage, onion, cilantro. But the menu constantly changes. The only thing is no one gets to pick the menu. Now, if you want to pick your own menu, I wouldn't be able to charge $50 right, because that's too much customization. Yeah, definitely. And I, and, and I don't think, um, I think quite frankly, not having to make the choice is super helpful, especially if I would imagine if you're getting started, uh, I'm not a vegan, but my wife tries to make me one sometimes. And we kind of go back and forth from vegetarian mm-hmm. to vegan. And we, and so we practice, I suppose, uh, but generally we eat pretty well. And, you know, that's not to say we don't, I don't go and get McDonald's from time to time. I have two kids. So there's a lot of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> oh yeah. My daughter loves mac- vegan macaroni and cheese. I don't, you know, macaroni, French fries, tater tots. Yeah. You gotta love that, man. I mean, top ramen, my daughter, if I poked a top ramen would come out, you know, that's her favorite food. <laughs> it's so good. I love it too. I don't know what I, like, I can eat ramen every single day and be happy as hell. I think it reminds us maybe of our childhood. I had it a lot. You know, when you grow up, yeah. you might eat top ramen because you can make it yourself. Can make it yourself, and it's like ten cents a package. Yeah, <laughs> put an egg in it. For a dollar. Yeah, dude, you throw yeah. an egg in it and some onions or whatever you're gonna do. And I, we would, I would jazz it up a bit. It was, it was great, man. Uh, oh. So I'm curious: is it? Do you ever struggle with sobriety or eating well consistently? Do you have bad days, or are you one of those that's just mentally committed and can ride the top of the wave? Well, I, I've only ever had. I'm trying to think, maybe one bad day of sobriety. And or and that was in the beginning when I first was figuring out exercise. I needed to exercise to stay sober because I was chasing that natural high. And yeah. then I got my family back at the same time. And I, you know, and I started to work again and I started to lose those when I was working out two to three times a day. So I was just stressing out, like I need to get a workout in, I need to get a workout in, or I'm gonna break. And once I learned how to control that, I've never even thought about going back i mean i see it i'm around it i was in restaurants again you know because it was by me i kind of think of it like when i see it or it's around me it just makes me stronger yeah not to want it like i can't put myself in positions to make a bad choice i've still got to be smart about that but i'm like we have wine and and beer at the house and people come by uh, guests and they want to have a glass of wine or a beer they're free to do so and my wife has you know drinks from time to time and and, and it's good. I mean, quite frankly, I don't have that itch. At first, I couldn't be around it at all. I couldn't have it in the house. It just was too much. But now I'm, you know, my, some people might say it's playing Russian roulette with my sobriety, but I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, it's my sobriety and, and I don't want to force people to abstain from a glass of wine or a beer, you know, here, if they're here for a visit or a holiday or something like that. Now things with COVID have changed. Stress level comes in different ways and I've had to fight off some urges because of COVID that I probably wouldn't normally I don't think because like the kids, you know, they're homeschooled and there's a lot of stress and pressure there. Has COVID had an impact on you at all with that regard? I know you mentioned that you've only had one issue with sobriety, but um, maybe with poor eating or breaking a routine. Well, with the poor eating, yeah, well, just because I like junk food, you know, <laughs> I, I shop for produce all the time. So, you know, I could eat healthy. So it really hasn't affected me in that way because I'm always buying food. It's just, you know, I like, sometimes I like go eating a meat, you know, I just like eating like trash sometimes. Yeah, definitely. But, but, you know, I get addicted. I eat food very bad. So once I fall off, I'm falling off for like a week, two weeks, three weeks, (laughs) you know, and I'm just stuffing my face nonstop. And I'm like, why did I do that? And it takes me like two to three weeks to get back in the zone. Definitely. Um, And that's the, maybe a cautionary tale. I'm the same way. Like, excuse me. I couldn't risk having 
a, one drink because if I did, I would go buy an eight ball of blow and I would buy a pack of cigarettes and I would ride that wave probably to my deathbed, to be honest with you. And I would just go, go, go because I would hit it as hard as I did back in the day when I was still hitting it that hard. I've been clean for three years now. Um, so I'm, so the, the, the cautionary tale is just stay away. Cause it's hard to fight back. I mean, it, like I had to take a little bit of a break for about two weeks for just a medical reason. Um, nothing associated with poor health, but I, I was having some issues that I had to get taken care of and the doctor suggested I take a little bit of time off. So I still worked out, but I just toned it down a bit. And I started back this week, going back to my full throttle routine. And let me just say, man, it's been a bitch in the morning, getting up, going to do the workout. And after the workouts, I feel like somebody beat me with a baseball bat. I'm so worn out. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, it'll take a couple of weeks to get back in it and then you'll feel good again. Absolutely, man. I love it. And uh, so I'm real happy that you have your family back, that you are in tip top shape from a weight and a health condition. I love the fact that you're sober. I have one more question for you. Um, how in the hell did you get 60,000 followers on Instagram, bro? My God, that's amazing, chef. Thank you. Uh, you know, I just started sharing my, uh, my story and it just started blowing up. And then one time, you know, I got on, I've been on the uh, local news channels out here a few times and they show my before and after, but I just started sharing stories. And then uh, a few people who got pretty big on Instagram, I shared their weight loss pictures before they even had anyone. And these people have over a million followers now. Wow. You know, I just shared it and they, you know, and they reposted me before and you know, that helps you get some, it's a lot, it's a lot more towards weight loss would help yeah. me weight loss and a little bit of sobriety. But I've been stagnant, you know, at 60K now for like three years. Maybe yeah, two. but that, dude, that's so impressive because, uh, and I love that you, you're pure to who you are uh, in a social media perspective. I, it's because it's I, I go through and I'm, I'm really pay attention to your posts. And, and I love the, that's how we got connected, man, is I love the before and after stories. Uh, and the one that I always do, the cranberry sandwich, I think it was a cranberry, was it a cranberry sandwich? Um, it, I couldn't, I, maybe I'm getting it wrong, but it was just, you were holding out a sandwich and it looked like it was, it was around Thanksgiving and it was a vegan Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. It, dude, it was amazing. Turkey, cranberry, uh, provolone and uh, spinach or arugula. That one was so good. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just great, dude. I, I, I love, I love your style on, on Instagram. And that's, like I said to everyone, you know, that's how we got connected, but it's, Great to have you on the show. I love your story. I love that you're clean. And and my favorite part about it is you seem to not make it a, uh, you've moved past the, the, the addiction level very cleanly and um, in, a, in a strutting, wonderful kind of way. Like you're not hanging on to it uh, as a source of identity. You've moved past it and it's great. I love it. Yeah. You know, I had to, you know, when, my first month I bought a bottle of vodka just to keep it with me because uh, it's like, I got to be stronger than this bottle, you know? Yeah, because I, you know, because I already felt. I guess I, I tried to get sober before, hella times, and I failed every time. And now I'm like, man, I cannot go back to this little bottle. It destroyed my life. It made me broke. Yeah, it's just one more thing I gotta say. I gotta uh, tell everyone is a lot of people don't believe that there's overweight cokeheads, and they say oh, cokeheads are usually skinny. I said, go look in the restaurant industry. You'll see bartenders, cooks. They're all big and they're cokeheads. Yeah, no fucking doubt, well, man. It's rampant. <laughs> people don't realize how prevalent cocaine is. So, uh, and, and you're right. I mean, people do have the opinion that people that do blow are skinny, but it usually comes along. And, and this is where people fail to understand is 
maybe while you're partying and rampaging, you're not eating, but when you are off the day or two, you rampage eat to make up for what yep. the day you were partying. So you eat like shit and it's a lot of deep fried pizza puffs and all that kind of crap. Um, so you <laughs> down the weight. <laughs> That's so true. I would take down two to three hot and ready's little Caesar pizzas and just <laughs> ice cream, a whole gallon of ice cream, you know, yes. and you're just like, I, you try to eat to feel better. Definitely. Yeah. And um, you're, you're fighting off the, that sting you get in the roof of your mouth because that all you've done is rampage blow and then it drips down. It's just a, it's a tragic thing, man. And there's, I'm better for it, man. I mean, I was pretty bad. I mean, I was getting to the point where there were some physical issues that I was struggling with as a result of the cocaine, not just the addiction and stuff, but people don't know, like bad things happen to the inside of your nose and the, and the bridge of your nose and uh, your palate in your mouth and, and all of that stuff goes to shit. I mean, cause it, your, your, teeth. Your, your teeth, everything's a fucking wreck. And I used to pluck the fuck out of my eyebrows, man. It was just to torch them right out. <laughs> I grinded my teeth, you know, and I gave myself so many problems and you're sucking on your mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> smoking exactly. the, and the cigarettes you smoke, man, like I said, I tell people, if you do cocaine and alcohol mix, you can never do either one separate because they're tied to the hip. Oh, no it's doubt. Like a yin yang. No doubt about it. You couldn't, you couldn't, I, you're exactly right. Cause once you drink and then do blow, you'll always drink and do blow. You won't just say, I'm just going to drink tonight. It doesn't work like that. You, you, they, they yin and yang, just like you described, and you won't be able to do one without the other. And if you try, you'll be chasing it all fucking night and make terrible <laughs> driving decisions. And you know, that kind of stuff, it's fucking bad. Uh, but you're right. And it, it's, it was a hard, it was a hard it was hard to get over like i struggle more with that addiction than with the alcohol and i'm not saying it's easy either one both of them are hard but i if i have a craving it's usually for blow not alcohol and i don't you know i'm i've been clean for 3 years and and i don't ever plan i'm never going to go back um because i i'm so happy with who i am now and it was hard to fucking get here man i mean it's a ride and it's a fight and looking back i love who i am now i'm finally comfortable in my own skin my relationship with my kids, my wife, everything. And I'm finally going back and realizing how fucked up my life was for most of it because of all the drinking and everything that came along with that. A lot of bad decisions, a lot of broken relationships. I thought I was better, smarter than everybody else. And everything that happened to me was somebody else's problem. It was their fault. And it's all bullshit. It was 100% my fault. Um, and it's hard to come to terms with that. Like, that's the one thing in sobriety that people probably struggle with because when you start to feel bad as an addict, I would go drink and do cocaine and smoke. And now that I don't do those things, this is the benefit of sobriety, right? You have to stare down and face your failings head on, feel every emotion, own those and be responsible to yourself and to others in the, in a, in being clean. And it's wonderful, but it takes some getting used to. Um, so I'm not here to tell anybody that it's fucking easy. It's not. But once you break the habit uh, and put yourself in a better position to make good choices and build good routines like you have, it, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's so much more fulfilling and rewarding that you can't believe that you did anything else but what you're doing now. So I guess it's that's very, why. Yeah, it's very rewarding. You're right. You know, just when you lose weight, you get in shape. You're like, damn, I feel better about myself. You know, it's like they like the good karma rewarded you back, you know my relationships are better. I just, you just feel a lot better. It does. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, 
Well, Chef, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule. I know how busy you are right now this time of year. So thank you for fitting me in. It's my honor. And if I ever get out to Sacramento, if I can, I'm going to look you up. I'm going to have some lunch or dinner or something. Okay, man, I'm down. And if you ever want me back on, bro, let's, we can, you know, I can tell you some funny stories. I am 100% down for that. In fact, uh, I'm putting together some, um, some of those kinds of sequences or episodes where we're going to be talking about some of the, the more entertaining side of being an alcoholic or, uh, you know, the, the, the side of it that nobody likes to talk about in recovery, but quite frankly, we don't start drinking and partying because it's boring. Right. I mean, a lot of times it just gets, it starts out fun and it gets fucking crazy. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's so, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but we'll definitely have you back on. I would love to, um, but it's been great getting to know you. Thank you so much. I know how busy you are and I will let you know uh, about coming back on and it, I'll, we'll figure out a time and make that happen, but I'm putting together those episodes right now. So thank you so very, very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, one last thing before you go, you can, if you want to share where people can find you so that they can buy your prepackaged meals or anything else, how do people get a hold of you or find you to do all that? So they can email me at chefboyerleasy at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at chefboyerleasy or Facebook at chefboyerleasy meal preps. Perfect. I will have every bit of that in the show notes. So no one has to remember that or write that down if you're driving. Um, so everything will be in the show notes for sure. So I'll have links and ways for people to find you. Um, and then do people have to be local to you for the meal prep stuff? I would imagine they've got to be within driving distance, right? Yeah. I have people who come down. I have some people who come down from LA and pick up the meals. So, I mean, as long as you're in California or you want to make the drive, you can come that's awesome. That's really, really cool, man. Well, Chef, thank you so very much, buddy. Have a wonderful evening, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Happy holidays, brother. You too, man. Be good. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.